Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this episode, the old dogs ramble about national holidays we wish we had. We advise against blaming your dog for your bad driving. We learn that spies aren't allowed to work from home. We find out that movie actors don't have to act their age anymore. We observe International Naked Gardening Day. And we join the throngs of annoyed consumers who are tired of tricky food packaging. The Old Dog's conversation is with Fred Kennedy, one of a handful of entertainers who made Morning Drive Radio something special. Stay with us. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jim. And guess what I'm thinking? Uh, no, you're supposed to ask me that. Oh, what are you thinking, Paul? Oh, funny you should bring that up. There was a pod nugget in our episode today that really struck me as particularly bizarre. It was National Nude Gardening Day. Yes, indeed. Which started me thinking, how many bizarre and funny national days are there out there? Yeah, me too. So to satisfy my curiosity, I went to the internet, of course, and uh, found this article on the Washington Post about strange and silly holidays. Hmm. Let me share some with you. Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. <laughs> no Homework Day. Oh. Put a Pillow on Your Fridge Day. <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. World Elephant Day. Oh, yeah. And Underdog Day. Hmm. Oh, here's a good one, too. Be late for something day. I would oh, I be do fantastic. That. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, but this got me started. Uh, I don't know how these holidays come about, but you and I could create some holidays, especially for folks our age. You know, what, you're right. You yeah. You got any ideas? Uh, well, let me think for a second. Oh, you know, uh, how about uh, uh, National... Uh, how about I forget what I was about to say, Day? Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. How about National uh, Let a Child Open the Childproof Cap on Your Medicine Day? Oh, very helpful. Very helpful. Um, oh, this is one of my favorites. National Have a Conversation with a Supermarket Cashier Day. You know, where the people behind you couldn't complain. They'd have to uh, watch you take out the coupons. You know, There you go. A handful of coupons. Change, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and how about this one? Don't pretend you're enjoying my story about growing up day. I don't have to pretend. I don't know. What else? Uh, how about National Ask Me About My Grand Dog Day? And will you have to listen? Grand Dog Day. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about National Don't Mess With My Social Security or Medicare Day? Oh, listen, I want that every day, every single day. And, and the the day after that would be uh, National Give Me a Discount on My Medicine, for God's Sake Day. <laughs> I think we're having fun. I think we could God's fill out sake. the calendar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe one more. Um, National Forget the Name of a Close Friend Day. Um, ah, Paul, yes. Paul. Right. Easy, easy enough to do, uh, <laughs> Wally. <laughs> 
In order to escape a ticket, a man in Colorado tried to put the blame on his best friend. This pod nugget is from Sky News for May 16, 2023. A driver was pulled over for driving erratically. He was also thinking erratically because after being stopped, he quickly switched places with his dog to avoid arrest. He claimed that he wasn't driving, the pooch was. Well, the man was obviously <laughs> drunk as he slurred his excuse, and the cop immediately knew the dog couldn't reach the gas pedal and the <laughs> steering wheel at the same time without some extensive training. Okay, when the officer asked how much alcohol the man had consumed, he tried to make a run for it. His escape was as lame as his alibi. He got just 60 feet before he was captured. And now he's facing a charge of driving under the influence. The dog wasn't charged with anything, but he could certainly be blamed for his choice of friends. <laughs> I wonder where the dog went after that. Did he have to hitchhike home? Well, Germany has a problem. Folks they're trying to recruit as spies want to work remotely. This item is from the Washington Post from May 23rd, 2023. The coronavirus has changed the workplace so that workers have gotten used to working from home in a more casual environment. In Germany, this demand even extends to new recruits for spying. According to Bruno Kahl, president of the German Federal Intelligence Service, recruitment is a major challenge. Remote working is barely possible for security reasons, and not being able to take personal cell phones to work is a deal-breaker for young workers. This concern extends to other intelligence agencies. Earlier this year, the CIA said there are few chances to work from home or any other unsecured location. But they are trying novel recruitment approaches. This includes videos on YouTube and a social media campaign in Russia to entice Russians to switch sides. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> this conjures up an image of an overweight James Bond sitting at his computer in sweatpants and a T-shirt. The floor is littered with pizza delivery boxes and crumpled beer cans as he composes tweets to lure other spies into a game of Call of Duty. Aging film stars are getting a digital facelift thanks to artificial intelligence. This pod nugget is from The Guardian for February 6, 2023. Harrison Ford is 80 years old. He is craggy and gray and looks his age. But in his new film called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, he doesn't act his age on the big screen. Thanks to the magic of an artificial intelligence program, he looks decades younger. The aging actors has been done before, but the process required many months and a handful of highly skilled artists to accomplish. With AI, the computer does the work of digitally restoring the youth of actors. And according to the AI company Metaphysics, the process can create photorealistic face swaps on top of an actor's live performance in real time. Joe Pavlo, a visual effects artist, says the process is promising but not flawless. He points to the de-aging of Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in The Irishman. He called the transformation eerie and not lifelike enough. He allows that while there are all kinds of problems, people will figure it out. As the process gets more sophisticated, it will create some issues beyond the world of filmmaking. The technology can successfully imitate people and make them do things on camera that never happened. 
The ability of the average person to spot a fake is years behind the technology. We have seen in the last few years that misinformation can take on a life of its own. You can see the danger of fabricated news footage affecting our elections. Once again, we're left with a feeling of technology developing faster than our ethics. Hopefully, fake news will be met with a skepticism that has been lacking in the last few years. Uh, I don't believe you. (laughs) Saturday, May 6th, was International Naked Gardening Day. Yes, it's actually a holiday. This revealing pod nugget is from the Houston Chronicle for May 3rd, 2023. Nude Gardening Day has been around since 2005. It's the only day of the year when exposing your private parts while hoeing around the garden is celebrated internationally. This unofficial event happens every first Saturday of May and encourages gardeners around the world to get out in the fields, strip naked, and get a full-body sunburn in the name of growing things in the earth. And Texas seems to be unusually primed for this event. Three cities have made the nation's top 20 list. Not surprisingly, Austin was number two. Houston was in ninth place, and Dallas was a more modest 19th. Now, if you were wondering what factors went into the ranking, here are a few. Nudist population, indecent exposure laws, garden friendliness, weather forecasts, access to waxing salons, and the average monthly Google searches for nudist and naked gardening. So, if you plan to observe this tongue-in-cheek holiday next year, we have some advice for you. Use plenty of sunscreen and avoid any plants in the cactus family. Or poison ivy. We've all wrestled with food packaging that resists opening. You bet. It's a small comfort to know that you're not alone. This pod nugget is from the Washington Post for April 28th, 2023. Well, granted, it's difficult to design packaging for food that's cost-effective, preserves quality, respects the environment, and opens easier than a ripe banana. But that doesn't mean that suppliers should quit trying. Here's some annoyances that could be solved. More packaging should be resealable. Now, this is obvious. We've all encountered that block of cream cheese that after opening becomes a brick. Or maybe that package of cookies that turns soggy after sitting open on the shelf. Certainly, there are clips and Ziploc bags and containers that can help store food. But why not the original packaging? It would be so easy. Packaging shouldn't be difficult to open. These days, you need to stay in shape to open packaging that requires a twist, a tug, or a pull apart. Ultimately, it may take a pliers or a scissors to get at the product. Most items sealed in plastic could benefit from easy open tabs. We've all experienced opening packaging to discover that the product only occupies half of the space, more or less. Or how about those individually shrink-wrapped vegetables? Uh, It all goes into supersizing our landfill. All cans should be stackable. Some food suppliers have caught on, but not enough. Most pantries look like a natural disaster about to happen with cans teetering on top of each other. This is a simple fix. Make the bottom of cans smaller than the tops. And finally, packaging should be easy to access. Here's some examples. Jars that are too narrow for a teaspoon. 
cans with pull tabs that require a kitchen version of the jaws <laughs> of life, or squeeze bottles that require a scalpel to reach that last product in the bottle. Maybe this is one of those occasions where artificial intelligence could be put to good use. What a radical thought. Packaging that makes sense. Fred Kennedy is a name you may not know, but Fred was part of one of the storied morning drive teams who made commuting a whole lot more fun. Radio fans in Southeast Texas may remember Fred as Mac Hudson, part of the popular Hudson and Harrigan comedy team on Kilt FM. Along with Randy Haynes, Fred kept the station at the top of the charts for years. Unlike lots of radio personalities, though, fame never went to his head, which is probably why we're still friends today. Well, thank you for joining us today, Fred. I mean, it's just such a pleasure to have you with us today. You know, I'm honored to be able to talk to you guys about my past and, and my time with you, but it was, it's very humbling to sit down and write, you know, where you've been, what you've been able to do, and just some of the basic facts about it. And it just dawned on me how much gratitude I have for the people who really helped me along the way. Like Paul, going back to uh, the uh, the comedy annex. You had a lot of promise, Fred. You really did. And uh, what I was kind of sorry to hear that you became uh, Hudson and Harrigan. Mm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and think about it. Today, you could have been uh, one of those comics that wasted your life in a car driving between comedy clubs. You're probably still driving that same car you mentioned. In there. I, I got to go back to those glory days of um, University of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah. How did you end up there? Well, I was born in Minnesota, but raised in Oregon. And uh, when I was about 13, we moved back to Minnesota. So living in Duluth, overlooking, uh, you know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald out over Lake Superior, uh, I, I liked it, I guess, except the winters. And after high school, it was, you know, a few miles away. I went to UMD. Ah, uh, indeed. Well, you remember, I grew up in Hibbing, Minnesota, and Duluth was our big city. <laughs> 65,000. Yeah, it was a big, that's where big the place. action was, you know, if you wanted to uh, go to a big town. You have a great perspective on the golden days of radio, you know, when there were drive time teams. And uh, yes. tell us a little bit about that period of time. Well, you know, I guess I'm a bit jaded because now things are so homogenized when it comes to radio shows and programs and kind of all squeezed out ex like extruded meat you might find at some drive throughs right? But if you listen long enough, it, everybody wants to sound the same. And in those days, they, they picked you to do whatever you did best. And they paired you with people. If you got lucky, like I did with Randy Haynes and Robert B. McIntyre as a newsman, T.J. Callahan, we just took off. And, and the difference is it was so much fun. I'd get up in the morning at 3 to get to work, you know, 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, whenever we move times from 6 to 10 to 5 to 9. And, and I could not wait to get to work. Because I knew people were listening. I knew that they expected us to be there, be bright, be happy. Uh, not perfect, but uh, consistent. Yeah. There was no such thing as expectation. We, we didn't know what you were going to say, right? We, we thought it was going to be interesting, entertaining, uh, unpredictable, uh, and uh, it, it brightened our day, frankly. I mean, all of us who had to commute every morning... At least there was going to be one bright spot in our terrible day. 
and it was you. Well, you know, we were character driven, and and that is a thing of the past nowadays. We mm-hmm. we worked off characters. Randy was a straight man and a great one. The characters would invade the show, and it was up to us to maintain order. And that's basically what a, what a comedy team should do: <laughs> try to maintain order and and uh, and again be a little unpredictable. Even though a lot of the characters were lined up at the same time each day, you didn't know what they were going to do. Well, you know what's interesting about your thirty years. Um, doing drive time radio is you didn't use your real name. Uh, no. The station you were on uh, is KILT, right? Right. Uh, they had, I guess, copyrighted the names Hudson and Harrigan, thinking that people would be interchangeable. You know, they would come and go. But doggone, right. you did it for thirty years. Yeah, they owned it, and and I can't go somewhere and be that person now not that i would really want to but yeah they they still own uh, the uh, copyright to that name and at the same time fred you had a fantastic career doing voiceovers the people i worked with i'll I'll credit like bo weaver uh ed beecham uh, a lot of guys that when i first got a radio production was big so you i got used to doing a lot of commercials at a radio station there were two stations am and fm and you did record commercials, TV trailers, movie trailers, all kinds of things. And I liked it. And Bo Weaver once said, you know, you can make money outside of the station by doing these things. And I went, I'm not good enough. He said, just try it. And uh, I I came to love it. I worked with you guys a lot. And uh, that was probably the most fun I had, especially in the last 10 years of my uh, career, was doing uh, studio work with you guys. Yeah, as a matter of fact, people who remember this sort of thing might be interested to know that the person who was Augie in the Administaff commercials, if folks remember Administaff from the 90s, you were Augie uh, playing with Kay Reeves of the Walla Walla Corporation. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, I sure was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Total yeah. innocent, but always straightening the boss out. It was a fun gig. <laughs> so yeah, we had we had fun, and and that was the thing about it. Radio was was a hoot, but when I was done at nine, I was mentally drained because it it's so um, it's four hours of being totally on all the time. Yeah, because a record's going to end. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And and it was fun to be in a corner like that because you have to create. But in a studio, we just had fun. It was relaxed unless you guys are under some kind of a time constraint and said just get to it fred we don't need to be entertained and (laughs) and it was it was fun it was fun your exit after 30 years uh, was a little abrupt do you want to talk about that yeah it was two days after my granddaughter was born march 22nd and i forget it yeah and here's what happened to a lot of radio many people don't realize that if you were from a major metropolitan city like uh Philadelphia or New York or Boston or L.A. or San Francisco, you began to realize over time that a lot of the morning shows were going away. Mm-hmm. Corporate radio was downsizing their their cost-heavy morning shows and firing a lot of people. You may not have heard that or known that. We were blessed to really stick around years after the big purge in radio happened. And uh, I'm glad it, it, it happened actually the way it did. Uh, we got to hang on for a bit longer save up a little more money for our impending retirement. But yeah, they called us in one day, and, and Randy said, he said, yeah, I think they're going to fire us today. And I so I wore a coat, put on a sport coat, <laughs> went in. I was going to do it in style, and they couldn't have been nicer to us. And, they, you know, they were they were sad about it. And I said, well, I understand that. 
what's the payout basically because if you're cutting you loose you know you just say okay so what do i what do i sign what do i do now but i was glad i was i was thrilled uh, beverly and i had planned uh, uh an exit whenever it happened and uh, we just seamlessly came to the country yeah for a big city boy that uh, that's a big change what's what's your day like these days i get up at five and um i maybe do a little exercise drink some water and some coffee, watch the sun come up, watch the deer run through the front yard and uh, go to the gym a few days a week. And I mow a lot. We have a lot of yard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have a hobby, mowing, hey? No, you, <laughs> you probably need a herd of cows to eat what you mow. Well, actually, Beverly has her own zero turn, too, so we both mow. Ah, okay. And w what is the nearest town to where you live? Uh, when you say town, a little town, there's Sheridan, but a bigger town would be Columbus, which is due west of you. Okay. Yeah, and I've been there. That's about as big as my original hometown, about 2,400 people. That's it. <laughs> now, you got to figure out some dishes you can serve that uh, have grass clippings in them. <laughs> and then you're you're self-sufficient, huh, Fred? My wife is like a master gardener, so we raise really? a lot of our own food. Oh, oh yeah? yeah. Oh, neat. Do you that's butcher great. your own yeah. cows? Well, actually, we have friends who raise high-end cattle, and we buy it from them, have it butchered into the way we like it, pack it in a couple of freezers. So we, we're really lucky that we have food available and uh, friends who do things that we would never think of doing, like raising cattle. I'll never wow. do that again. Yeah. Well, do, do you feel like you're, you could call yourselves survivalists? I wouldn't go to that. I think we're self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. You know, I'm not, yeah, I'm, we're not off the deep end. We've got some solar that we use occasionally. Just, you know, in case of a hurricane. But no, it's uh, it's just not having to live in the city anymore. And uh, we love it. We absolutely, every day, man, I'm, I just feel gratitude of having bought this place back when land was cheaper and uh, had a house built when things were cheaper because right now it's crazy out there. Well, I bet a big adjustment for you, although you just told us you get up at 5 o'clock. But uh, for your 30 years of working as a DJ, you got up at 4.30, right? Or what? Three. 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 So did yeah. you, after 30 years, that's a habit. Did you find yourself waking up at 3 o'clock? Oh, for years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even on vacation, when I was working, I'd go on vacation and I could never not you know, sleep past 3. I don't care where you went. Do you ever miss being famous? No. You know what? Uh, the, the great thing in all this, and it happened this morning, I've been, we have a large ranch community. I mean, it's gated, but we, everybody has their own place. And we get together, and we're having a coffee this morning. I'm meeting these new guys that are, don't live but a mile away, but I don't know them yet. And one of them said, what did you used to do? I said, well, I did a radio show in Houston. And did you ever listen to Hudson Harrigan? And all of those guys, there were five other guys, went, yeah. I said, well, I was Hudson. So the joy to have gotten out before I became a dinosaur, before somebody said, it's about time for them to go. <laughs> People still think fondly of you if you leave at the right time. And uh, so I get that, but I don't miss the, whatever that famous thing was. I'm, I was an introvert with an extroverted job. It may not seem in a way, but I'm, I'm pretty much a quiet, quiet person. I'm very much, uh, I, I like my alone time. I like my projects by myself or with my wife. I, I don't seek crowds and I, I don't tell people what I do. And I love it because they'll know me for a year and go, what would you used to do? Fred, you know, looking back, uh, don't you think it's something to be proud of that you kept Houston laughing for 30 years? 
we could be the longest running intact morning team show in radio. I don't know where else anybody's done it for 30 years. That'd be worth uh, looking that up, Fred, because that's a great statistic. Something you could be very proud of. And never to be broken at this point. You know, there there was a period of time there that the only time I saw you was when we were hired together to do a commercial. Yes. And yeah. and uh, but it still felt like there there was a lot of contact going on there. So I do I appreciate those days. Uh, you know, I used to run into you all the time and Paul uh just uh, people that you would stay in touch with that way. Well, the secret was you would hire us, Jim, and and you can still do that. You can still hire us to be your friend. Fred, well, good seeing you. Yeah. I'm glad you're having a happy life, my friend. Say hi to Beverly. I will do. She's actually she's been canning and pickling. She's putting up pickles and oh, tomatoes. We probably got 200 tomatoes sitting in the kitchen right now. I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> See, that Seriously. doesn't match my picture, Beverly. But okay. <laughs> yeah, country girl. Like what you've been hearing? How about sharing the joy with your friends? We can always use more listeners. There are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned and keep howling at the moon.